0: It is Brent Axe, and we are live here on the Syracuse Orange Basketball Facebook page. A thriller at the Carrier Dome, some referees to tear apart, and Syracuse takes care of business over Wake Forest, getting one by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin, a 75-73 win for the Orange. Great to be back with you here. We've had a week off. Been a while since we've done this here on Facebook Live. But we are back, and we are here thanks to our friends at Krause Health. So you guys get in the comments section. Do your thing. I'll respond to you guys coming up here shortly. A lot to go over uh, for the Orange in this one. They got the win, and that's what's going to matter. We've got a few things to get off our chest here, particularly about the horrid officiating in this game. And it's something I think the ACC has really got to look into whether it was Teddy TV, down the stretch of the Duke-North Carolina game, the crew in this game that took over unnecessary calls and put an unnecessary stain on what was a very interesting game. And it's not just the officiating, by the way. Syracuse had a 16-point lead in this game that they let whittle down. They got absolutely crushed on the boards in the second half by Wake Forest, and that's something that we have to discuss. This is a Syracuse team that went to sleep for a while, against the worst team in the ACC, and certainly had their own faults in this one. But the officiating crew of, and I've got the names right here, uh, Clarence Armstrong, Tony Henderson, Roger Ayers. Roger Ayers, actually usually pretty good official in the ACC. I have a good friend of mine, we'll give him a shout-out, Brian Harrison. You may know Brian from the Orange 44 blog, and he's very active on Twitter, one of the more active Syracuse fans on Twitter. Uh, he's an official and is pretty good at knowing the, the good officials, the bad officials, what to kind of anticipate from officials in this game. And he said before the game, and I had no reason not to believe him, that Roger Ayers is one of the better officials in the ACC. Uh, he certainly was not tonight, and neither was his crew. Uh, neither was this crew. We will uh, certainly get to that. But how about Bryson Goodine, the unlikely combo of Jesse Edwards, who's got to play the last, you know, seven, eight minutes of this game because Merrick Dolzhai fouls out, which that fifth foul we'll get into is absolute garbage. Barama Sidabe fouled out very early in the second half of this game. And Quincy Garrier, who actually, you know, that's the downside to how Quincy played tonight. He actually a, a pretty good game otherwise, as we dig into the stats here and tell you what happened out there. Buddy Beheim led the way for Syracuse in this one. He had 23 points. He had four steals on the night. Made a key defensive play down the stretch. For the Orange, he goes five of nine from three-point range. Elijah Hughes with 20 points tonight. Eight rebounds on the night. Four block shots on the night. What a defender he is becoming. I think he's showing off the, to NBA scouts that are at these games that he could play one-on-one defense, not one of these zone guys that won't be able to play D at the next level. But Hughes steps up for Syracuse. Quincy Garrier, we mentioned, it, 13 points. Three offensive rebounds. Now, the officiating didn't really apply to him in terms of how bad it was. It was more on him. And this is something that Jim Beheim said after the press conference last week, that Quincy Garrier is somebody that the more minutes he plays, and he had to play 15 minutes in this game, it would have played much longer had he not fouled out. The more he plays, the more foul trouble he gets into. So Quincy, who was aggressive under the basket, attacked some rebounds, some putbacks. He was great at the free throw line tonight, seven of eight of the night at the free throw line. He still has to learn positioning. He still has to know when to reach for the basketball. He still has a lot to learn on the defensive end, but really helped Syracuse tonight. As we mentioned, Barama played 15 minutes, doesn't even seem like that, but uh, did Virtually nothing out there other than make fouls. He had a couple of block shots, a couple of defensive plays, but got into foul trouble, and that really killed him. We mentioned Doljai, 7.7 rebounds, fouled out, didn't have the opportunity to do more, was one of seven, shooting the ball, he struggled a bit on the offensive end a little bit. He plays 34 minutes on the night. Howard Washington got a little bit of run out there today. We mentioned Jesse Edwards had to play 10 minutes in this game with the foul trouble, and Syracuse found a way despite the officiating and despite this, okay, we can't leave this out of the mix here. In the second half of this basketball game, Syracuse got out-rebounded by Wake Forest 25-10. to Now, some of that has to do with their bigger bodies falling out. Sidibe goes out. Marek Doljai goes out, right? Jesse Edwards actually made some key rebounds down the stretch, but this was even when some of those big guys were in there. So Syracuse got pounded on the glass. Overall, in this game, Syracuse shoots 22 of 56, that's 39%. Wake was not too far behind. The shooting numbers were pretty even throughout the game. They were 23 of 61, that's 37%. Syracuse was 7 of 21 from three point range. Wake was 6 of 27 from three point range. So the overall rebounding numbers tilt towards Wake Forest, 44 to 34 in this one. And Syracuse. Uh, Assisted 11 uh, of their buckets, Wake Forest, with 15 assists on the night. Syracuse with 11 turnovers, Wake with 15 turnovers on the night. Points off turnovers tilt towards Wake Forest, 20 to 19. Points in the paint tilt towards Syracuse, 24 to 22. So that is the story numbers-wise. Okay, the officials. That fifth foul on Marek Dolzhai was absolute garbage. First of all, he was not a bounce. Thanks to Eric Columbia from Spectrum, who sent me a video on Twitter. And if you follow me on uh, Twitter, Brent Axe Media, you can see it. is not out of bounds. The official is standing right over him, right there. I'm not sure which official that was, honestly, but he is literally right over him, calls him out of bounds, wasn't out of bounds. doljai gets up. Now, you can't do this. You can't show up the ref. doljai out of frustration, points at the scoreboard, as if to say, watch the replay, I'm not out of bounds. Gets called for a technical. Unless Marek I said some words I can't repeat here. You don't call that technical, particularly to foul a guy out. That has to be egregious. That has to be, you know, just a blatant, you made me blow this whistle. That was not the case. So it's interesting because earlier in the second half, Dolja got hip-checked by Johnson from Wake Forest. If it was a hockey game, he would have went to the penalty box. And that didn't get called as a technical, even though Johnson wasn't playing the ball, just it was the definition of a flagrant. It was the definition of a technical because you just hip checked him out of the way. That doesn't get called. And I can go over a lot of touch fouls. I can go over a lot of ridiculous non calls, let alone the calls and this crew taking over the game. And I hate to see it. And if you look, if you follow me here on these chats, if you follow me on Twitter, if you know you've been listening to my radio show, I am not quick to blame officials. I think it's a cop out. I think Syracuse fans get on officials too much, frankly. But when it's Blatant when it's clear, it's got to be called out, and the ACC has got to look at this because these officials, whatever punishments happen behind the scenes, we never truly hear about them. Needs to happen. This crew was bad, it was bad. And when you've got video evidence of a guy standing right over a player making that call, I mentioned Teddy TV and some of the bad. Now, look, North Carolina blew it, North Carolina's got to hit their free throws. That's an insane rivalry. So much happens there, but Duke got a lot of favorable calls down the stretch of that game too, which can, some of which can be aided by replay. So the ACC has got a bit of a problem on its hands with its officials. So I don't want to rant about that all night, but it needed to be said for sure. Good news for Syracuse is they get the win, and now things get really intense for the Orange because they got a quick turnaround Tuesday night against NC State. That will by no means be an easy game for Syracuse. NC State's one of those teams that's kind of hovering there right around Syracuse, middle of the pack in the league, certainly could come to the Dome Tuesday night and win that game. And that'll be the third of three straight at home. Syracuse lost to Duke. They beat Wake Forest tonight. They get another home game Tuesday night. And then the stretch that's going to decide the season, in my opinion, and just by the numbers, the net rankings, and everything the NCAA selection committee uses to determine who's in and who's out, short of Syracuse winning the ACC tournament or beating Louisville and Florida State and – getting in off a weak bubble. Syracuse goes to Florida State on Saturday. They turn around and play Louisville shortly after that. That's going to decide the season. That's going to decide if this team's a true NCAA tournament contender or not. They took care of business in a take-care-of-business game tonight. They've got to do the same Tuesday night against NC State, and then you need big wins. You need quality wins that look good to the committee that look good in the league. This is a league where if they go 7-2 and two down the stretch, let's just say for argument's sake, and those two losses are Florida State and Louisville, they're not getting in. They don't have enough quality wins. So as good as Syracuse is playing, as much as they're improving, gutted one out tonight with Jesse Edwards and Bryson Goodine having to scrape plays together, fighting through three guys following out. Jim uh, Behi mentioning at his press conference how proud he was of this team, and he should be. They gutted one out tonight for sure. Uh, they need those wins, and they have to be on. They have to be playing their best going into those two. Both on the road, by the way. If they don't win those two, I don't think they make the tournament again. Short of a really deep run in the ACC tournament, a weird bubble that bounces them in, or you know. So, college basketball's been weird this year. So, I don't want to say anything definitive here, but we're starting to come down the stretch where you can kind of see the clear path of where Syracuse has to be tournament-wise. But they're in the conversation. They're staying. In that conversation, by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin, chin. I wrote a column last week about how defense is not what is going to get Syracuse there. This is not a typical Syracuse lean on its 2-3 zone defensive team. We saw that in the second half. As bad as the officiating was, Syracuse can't make stops. They're just not a good defensive team. They made some good plays on defense. Don't get me wrong. Elijah Hughes with the blocks. We mentioned Buddy Steeles. They made some key plays when they needed to. Jesse Edwards knocking the play away that allowed a couple breakaways. So they made some plays, some scrappy plays, some rebounds, but this is just not a team that can consistently get stops. It's going to live and die by its offense. It's going to live and die by not necessarily the three-point shooting as well. Buddy Bayheim got into the paint a lot in the second half. Quincy Garrier, we mentioned, was great in the paint before he got into foul trouble. Hughes made his way into the paint tonight with just enough threes from Buddy, but it's not a team that's going to get in the tournament or be in the conversation for the tournament based on its defense. That's just, just not that team. All right, let's hop in the comments. See what you guys are saying here. Yeah, a lot of comments about the officials, how Johnson hip checked Buddy Beheim. That didn't get called, and it was brutal. It just I, I really hate to see when officials think we're there to watch them. When they take over a basketball game, sometimes refs do have to step in and regulate games and balance out games. And, you know, the Duke game, Syracuse got to the free throw line 37 times. That was an evenly called game. But Refs just have, their egos are out of control in college basketball. I'm sorry. I've just seen too many games this year that have been awful in terms of the officiating. There's too much to remember. There's too much to regulating. They're trying to regulate, you know, technical fouls in terms of celebrations and like the NCAA is already a disaster in a lot of different ways, but they're officiating. There's a lot of good officials out there. I hate to just pick on some guys. There's some good officials out there. Our guy, Mr. Driscoll locally here. Patty Driscoll is a great official, I think. And yeah, there's some good officials out there. So I don't want to just dump on all those guys, but I've watched too many games with just too much inconsistency this year. Too too much refs just taking over the game short of Teddy TV. He was just in a category on his own there. So I'm sorry. I keep ranting about that. But it's frustrating when refs take over games that they don't really have to. And <laughs> then they call Brett Doljay out of bounds. The guy's right there. It's right there. How do you not see that? No wonder Marek Dolce. I said, "Hey, see that big scoreboard up there? Why don't you check that thing out?" All right, Anthony saying James Arthur Bayhide been fighting the refs since 1976 for sure. Uh, sometimes that can work when you get in their ear a little bit, make them aware of things, and tilt the calls your way. You know, it does that in football a lot. Didn't work in the Super Bowl, but um, Kyle Shanahan, every coach in the NFL does it to one extent. But Kyle Shanahan will little literally tell the official what call he's missing and a good percentage of the time he's right. NFL films, it teaches you things. But uh, I like this comment from Dave, though. Officiating was bad, but the bigs need to stop following 75 feet from the basket. This is a great point. Okay, Gary A, we mentioned, who's just learning about defense, has to get to the point where he's smarter. Brahmacinibay just continues to make dumb fouls. And that had nothing to do with officiating. This is a player who, yes, this is his first fully healthy year. He's a little bit younger. I know what his – Class status is in terms of where he is at Syracuse, but this is his first fully healthy season. But he's not getting better defensively. He's not learning out there. And you can just bank on him getting four fouls at least on the edge of five. But the last few games, it's happened really early. Like we're talking 16, 15 minutes left in the game, and he's got to come out. And when his primary backup there to anchor things when he's out is Quincy Garrier, who also is struggling in that department. That's not good. Now, Dolzhai fouled out tonight. We mentioned the bogus call, but even Dolzhai is picking up some fouls here and there. These guys have to be careful about positioning, reaching in, and when to really go for it versus just kind of putting your arms up and being somebody in the way. They've really got to budget their fouls a lot better. Officiating aside, that's a good point. Uh, Let's see. Dan mentioned the fifth foul on Quincy was a joke. I can't disagree with you there. I like what Brian has to say here. Uh, When Quincy learns, he'll be good, but not till next year. Yeah, it's it's pretty much defense now because I think he's much better around the basket. I think he took advantage, frankly, of a Wake Forest defense that's not the best. Had space, could be patient, but he had a couple of really aggressive possessions where he was just offensive rebounds, really fighting for it. Good positioning inside, showing what he can be, showing a guy who can, is physical but wasn't used to playing bigger players until getting to the ACC. Next year, I think we're going to see a huge breakout season from Quincy for now, but there's some things he's got to be ready to do for now. Is that, as I just said, Barama Sidibe just is, is getting in too much foul trouble, and for a, a player who uh, is at the level he's at. He should be better. Uh, one guy I did not mention yet, and Rob mentions it here, Joe Girard. Uh, Girard had a bad game. Uh, there's just no way around it. I'm sorry if I skipped over Joe's stats earlier. Uh, Joe tonight was, let's just put it out there, let's see, 3 of 12. He was 1 of 6 from three-point range, uh, 7 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. I can't believe he only had three turnovers. It seemed like 13 the way he he was playing. His shot sele- shot selection was terrible in this game. And this is a freshman who the minutes are catching up to him and the games and the defenses are catching up to him. Now, Joe Girard played a lot of basketball at Glens Falls and had to do everything for that team. What we're seeing now is that Joe's not, you know, on pace to keep this up as a point guard at the college level. It's very interesting. I'm sure a lot of you saw the huge recruiting news for Syracuse. Five-star Number one rated point guard in the class of 22, Dr. Johnson, committed to Syracuse this week. Now, it's a question if he's going to hold that commitment if the NBA's one and done rule gets lifted, which it's on track to be in 2023. I think they're they're saying at this point, then uh, he might uh, rethink that decision. Even so, you get a year out of him in that case. Uh, he he says our Mike Waters interviewed him said he's committed. Uh, he will think about it if the NBA's one-and-done rule changes, and he doesn't have to do one year at college. But he says if he goes to college, he's committed to Syracuse, and he wants to bring other players with him. He said Syracuse basketball is back when he committed this week. He's going to bring other players with him. There's another five-star player uh, that committed to visit Syracuse for the North Carolina game coming up in a couple of weeks. So the Gerard... I I like, in a lot of ways, I've been very complimentary of Joe. I like his grit, his toughness. He can't shoot the three. I think he's going to develop into a great player. But is he a point guard at this level? That's still a valid question. He did a little bit of everything in high school. Is he a point guard? Game in and game out at this level. Howard Washington Jr. should have played more, should have been in for him, because that. shot selection, that's a tongue twister was bad. It was bad tonight. When you don't have your shot, you can't keep firing those things up. you got to distribute, and you've got to be more in the background. I know Joe's used to being aggressive. Jim Beheim's telling him to shoot. But the fact that Howard Washington Jr. only played three minutes with the way that Joe was struggling tonight, I did not agree with that. Uh, good stat here from uh, Ben. Uh, my man Ben Burroughs behind the scenes. Uh, Pearl Kenpon, Garrier is averaging five and a half fouls per 40 minutes, and Sidi is averaging seven. Yeah, that's bad. That's really bad. So that's something that they've definitely got to work on. And it's not like they're not telling these guys. It's one thing with Gary Ayer as a freshman. brahma has got to know better. Brahma's definitely got to know better. Lee, I, I agree with you. Why is Washington glued to the bench? You shouldn't be. shouldn't be. When your freshman is struggling like that, you got to put in a guy who runs the point. Uh, David mentioned, too, and it's a good point, David, that they get Jalen Carey back next year as the lead guard, and they get Joe off the ball. Buddy's still going to be around, so that's going to be an interesting mix uh, at guard. And then, as we mentioned, uh, Dr. Johnson comes in after that. Uh, Neil says, Brent, I think if we lost in 13-10, 6-6, they'd be done as far as the big dance is concerned. This was a really big win. It absolutely was because there's certain ACC games left on the slate. I think you can, for lack of a better term, you can get away with losing. This was not one of them. This was not even close to be in one of those games. But NC State might fall in that category. Uh, you need Louisville to me. I think you got to beat Louisville and Florida State to get in the tournament. That's just me. The bubble's weird this year. Maybe one of those will be enough. But I think you got to beat both of them. But you lose this game, and you are in a deep dark hole for sure. What's up, Daryl? Good to see you, buddy. Saint Brent, thank our thank you. Our bigs are good at staying out of aren't good at staying out of foul trouble. Pardon me. ACC officials are terrible. One game at a time for this team. That's what it is, Daryl. It's the old cliche, but it is one game at a time for this team. And they got more of a fight in their hands than maybe they thought in this one. But welcome to the ACC, friends. It is just something different every night. Greg says they should put Joe at the two. A good point was made earlier when Jalen Carey comes back. Maybe that allows that. Uh, You know, Buddy didn't go anywhere, and he's going to play the two as well. But I think Joe is starting to show he's just not a point guard at this level. But he's got to be one now because – uh, mixing in with a little bit more of Howard, who David points out here, as I was just going to mention, uh, he's not a scoring threat, which is the balance there. Howard's just kind of the facilitator. Joe can score. If Joe gets hot, he can hit that three point shot. He can get in the paint. He can't be a scorer, but a night like tonight shows you that when he just doesn't have it, he just doesn't have it. Stephen uh, says he'd be shocked if Kerry comes back next year. I think he is coming back next year. Now, I'm wondering what Jalen's thinking with the commitment they got because D.R. Johnson's going to play. I mean, That's a number one rated point guard in his class. That's a guy who I think, I saw Chris Carlson tweet this, is by measure of recruiting rankings, the highest recruit Syracuse has gotten a commitment from since Carmelo Anthony, and we're talking about a guy who might exercise the one-and-done rule if it goes away. Let me reverse that we'll just skip college altogether if the one-and-done rule gets reversed, and as it's going to be. It's not a matter of if, it's when. It's going to happen. But when the NBA goes through with it is a different question. So, I mean, that guy's going to play. So, I do think Jalen Carey comes back next year, but I don't think anybody would be stunned if he left eventually, uh, considering uh, what's around him and who's coming in. John says, buddy has to be on the floor all 40 minutes. He's too val- uh, valuable. Dan's saying, we have so many guards who are not leaving. Christian says the fouls are usually not in the flow of the game and can be attributed to being tired. Uh, honestly, I think that's overrated, Christian, and I agree with Jim Beheim on this. I think these guys are in shape. There's enough timeouts. that uh, It's not to say there's not some kind of fatigue. I mean, even the most highly tuned, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kid's going to get tired in the course of a game like this. But in terms of not going deeper on the bench – I mean, this game doesn't really tell that tale that we usually tell because it was Bryson Goodine that made the play at the end, and it was Jesse Edwards that knocked the ball over to him So said maybe there's a case to be made for getting these guys out there, but usually they wouldn't be in these clutch situations unless you had an extreme situation. That's what we had tonight. You had three guys foul out all with significant time on the clock. Uh, Patrick says, hard for me to second-guess coach's decision on how to run this team when you're up by 16 and Gerard chucks it early in the second half, he should have been pulled. Completely agree with you, Patrick. I said that in our live chat as well on Syracuse.com. That that costs Syracuse. So you got to know when your your young guard is rattled; needs to be pulled. And to Bayheim's credit, you guys think, and I've seen this these comments elsewhere that Bayheim f- has given favoritism to Joe Gerard. Not the case tonight. He he got the riot act from Beheim a few different times in this one. So, you know, not to say there aren't players that do get that special treatment. I don't think I ever saw Jim Bayheim yell at Jerry McNamara back in the day. There are players that are coached and treated differently, but Gerard, he got the business plenty of times tonight for sure. Uh, Interesting dynamic for Kerry is Kadari Richmond coming in for 2020, 6'5 point guard. That's up to a top 100 recruit now, as Ben notes there. Thank you, sir. Uh Greg saying, do they have to play Sadibe? Uh, you know, we saw Jesse Edwards really make some plays tonight, didn't we? He's a freshman, he's a little on the skinny side, he's certainly more offensively skilled than Barama at this point, but other than loyalty, what does he give you? Other, th- I mean, he just gets into foul trouble game in and game out. Barama's just he's a take-up space guy. He really is. I just If there was a commanding knocking on the door player to get him out of there, then I say you put him in, but we're not quite there yet. Jesse's just not ready to be that guy at this point. So you kind of have to put up with Brahma, but I see why you would say that. I really do. I mean, guy gets into foul trouble before you, you know, you have that first snack watching the game. Uh, Blake says Syracuse up 16, settle for too many bad quick shots. And a lot of those were Gerard, unfortunately. In this game, uh, does Beheim listen to this chat? I uh, highly doubt that Beheim listens to this chat, knowing that uh, Jim Beheim's, uh, 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 let's say, how allergic he is to getting on the internet. But I'm sure people listen for him. But if Coach Beheim is here on a Saturday night after a win at 11 o'clock in our live chat, welcome aboard, Coach. We're always uh, great, to have you. Here. If I was Jim Beheim, I'd be doing many other things besides that, but we're appreciative of anybody who comes by. Coach, otherwise, you're always welcome here. We're here after every game, by the way, doing the thing. All right, what do you say we uh, end it there for tonight? I want to remind you that if you can't be here live, Coach Beheim and others, that we do put this up uh, in two different ways, so you can watch it or listen to it when you want. One is we put this on YouTube. It is up on the Syracuse Orange Sports page, and we put it up uh, Uh, Right afterwards here, we'll we'll, uh, put it up. It'll be up shortly, so you can watch it uh, on demand when you want. If you can't be here live for the chat afterwards, we also make this a podcast. So please subscribe to Syracuse.com Podcasts. If it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you'll find it. Just search Syracuse.com Podcasts. You'll get the podcast of my game recaps, the Syracuse sports podcast that I do, the Syracuse football podcast with Stephen Bailey. He had a great conversation with Syracuse's new defensive coordinator, Tony White, this week. So you get a lot of different podcasts on one feed if you subscribe to Syracuse.com podcasts, including our game recaps here. Thanks to Kraus Hal, Thanks to my man, Ben, behind the scenes. Thanks to you for coming by. As always, we'll be right back here Tuesday night after the Orange take on NC State. For tonight, overcoming some bad officiating, three players falling out, and some tension. And some tight times down the stretch. Syracuse pulls off a win over Wake Forest tonight, 75-73. We'll talk to you again Tuesday.